Welcome to Self-Discovery Radio, where the discovery of self is just a show away. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today all the way from the UK is Joe St. Clair. How do we embrace sustainable peace in the world, in a world of unrest? We're going to have to look in and we're going to have to speak out. We have to tune into those conversations and how to find a peaceful fulfillment and talk about solutions on global conflicts. We can't shy away from that. Well, Joe St. Clair has certainly had a very, very long journey, uh, one that's been extremely productive and extremely um, beneficial to those that have ever been in his arena. He's somebody who goes and gets things done, and he has a way of seeing things and knowing what needs to be done, and he's a very, very accomplished man. But now, uh, his life has led him down a different path, and he has joined the Laszlo Institute, and he is the CEO. And we're going to be talking about that because they have a wonderful summit coming up. And we're going to be talking about why he changed these directions. What was he seeking in life? What was being the common denominator that that he would like to establish? Um, He's a professional writer with over 6,000 articles published to date in leading magazine as well as a number of books. He's also qualified a life coach, hypnotherapist, a Reiki energy healer, um, a deep long life interest in spirituality and meditation. And he uh, founded a a company called Quench, which launched a new healthy organic energy drink called Positive uh, into the world market. And it's just a a seer. He sees those possibilities and he goes after making them happen. And now, as I said, he is the executive director of the Laszlo Institute of the New Paradigm Research. Um, And we're going to find out what that means and where this is taking him now and why is it taking him in that direction. But I love a man who admits to his soul and is looking for those peaceful spiritual solutions to world. And he hasn't got hair down to his butt. He doesn't wear thongs. Um, He is uh, an honorary gentleman who actually knows how to embrace the spirit of life and make things happen. So welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you, Sarah. It's a great pleasure to talk to you. Oh, as with me. So you've done it all, really. <laughs> looking at your resume, looking at what you've done <laughs> in life, I think, you know, has, is there anything you've left out? It feels like me that I'm just <laughs> starting, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a go-getter, aren't you? You've kind of got that approach to life. I guess I guess so, yeah. That's something I've always, uh, always had ideas and uh, I get frustrated if I don't see them through. Mm-hmm. And would you call yourself kind of a seer that you just see things, you see those possibilities, you see what can actually manifest? Well, sometimes I, th- I think I think of myself as a bit of an entrepreneur. And like all entrepreneurs, you get a lot wrong and you make a lot of mistakes. But if you learn from them, then you're a better entrepreneur the next time round. Yeah. I mean, you know, there there really isn't anything... Uh, such as failure because they're all lessons learned aren't they the, you know the yes, failure is not to learn the lesson but if yes. you if you learn the lesson then it's just you know 
that uh, one of those 1,000 light bulbs <laughs> in <Exactly>. process. <laughs> exactly. So what drives you? What is that one thing that makes you kind of turn your head or get up and go or decide to, to uh, delve into something? Well, I, I kind of love life in all its variations and color and splendor. Um, so I try and just squeeze the maximum out of life every day as best I can. And um, I think what I'm very passionate about, in I, I didn't know this when I kind of set out on the journey, but I've really found what is most rewarding is helping other people on their journeys. Mm-hmm. And I, I spent a lot of time as a management consultant working for big corporates in um, you know, the, the archetypal pinstripe cufflinks and tie in boardrooms, mm-hmm. solving corporate problems. And um, over the years, it, it dawned on me that most of the problems that companies would describe in words like their technology problem or a process issue or a procedural problem or a supplier problem, at the end of the day, the common denominator is people. And I soon discovered that uh, the way to solve these these problems, which were... Uh, people use different terms for them is really about connecting people and if you connect people correctly the problems go away by themselves and the consultant just becomes the facilitator that's what led me on from um, management consultancy into going into life coaching and helping people with their their design their own journeys excellent and uh, and you know the, the whole thing is i think i think it's a very slow process but it's beginning to be understood is that when you invest in the people you are going to reap the profits. But if you don't invest in your people, do not expect abundance. Exactly right, yes. And and, and, um, it's it's always people who can solve the problems, and very often they've got the answers themselves. You know, I go into companies to help solve a problem, but I don't know all the details and all the ins and outs of the the company. I rely on the people in that organisation. And if I can facilitate them to look at their problems in a different way, they come up with their own solutions. Mm-hmm. And very often it's just uh, being open to those other perspectives, right? You know, not being so dogmatic in your own and, and uh, you know, understanding that everybody's got an ingredient in the dish. And uh, if you really want a good dish, you've just got to allow those, you know, those ingredients to be, um, you know, right from the janitor up. Everybody has a purpose. Yes. Uh, and and if you speak to them, you know, and, and especially as somebody like a janitor who is observing all the time, you know, the amount that they see. I mean, I wonder how many times they, you know, would have thought, no, if they'd just done this and if he'd just done that. <laughs> and perhaps if we had the conversation with the janitor, we might actually see things from a different point of view. It's very, very true. And very often, if you want to know what really goes on within big organizations, you don't ask the board of directors. They're the last people mm-hmm. who know. <laughs> That's exactly. what I've found. Uh, where, where we can look at that in life, really, can't we? You know, we've got this hierarchy that kind of in the ivory towers and they're so far removed from the foundation of the roots of life that they they really are actually in the twilight zone. Um, yes. Totally yeah. disconnected. And, and I think this is what's causing a great deal of global discord right now is that dis- disconnection. Um, you know, it reflects in business, but we're certainly seeing it on the political arena around the world. And... Uh, a great deal of unrest because people feel they're not being heard, they're not being seen, and they're not being taken seriously. Yeah, that's very, very true. It's great when, uh, as a consultant, you go into what I'd call an enlightened company that actually values its employees and listens to them. And uh, there are some great companies I've worked for like that, but there's also been the opposite end of the spectrum where the uh, senior hierarchy think they know everything and they don't ask their staff anything. 
and uh, they wonder why they've got problems. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and, and as I said, it's a very archaic way of thinking, and I think it's really kind of uh, changing because we're, you know, what I'm noticing with all my interviews is how many people who have gone into corporate and they say, it was great. I learned everything I needed to know how to be an entrepreneur. Mm. You know, they've taken all those tools, all that expertise and realized they're never going to get anywhere in that company because they were limited. And exactly. and they've yes. gone and put it into their own business. And we're seeing so many more entrepreneurial people go out there having gone to the school of uh, corporate, um, using those skills in a more ethical and dignitable way, inviting the people to be a part of the equation and be successful because of it. Mm, very true. It's a, it's a growing momentum there. Mm-hmm. And a nice one. I really like it. Um, because I think also p- entrepreneurs know that the, it's, you're only as good as the people in your company. Yes. Um, and, uh, and that respect is out to everybody equally. Um, and that if you really want to grow, everybody in your company has to grow along with you. Yeah. And there are some great companies doing the right things and uh, a lot still struggling. Yes, and it just all depends what mindset they're in, right? That's right, very and, true. And whether they prepare for success, because so many suddenly, you know, they get they take off and they're not ready for it, mm. right? So that happens a great deal. That's so, tough. out of your six thousand articles, which is quite some <laughs> writing there, yes. um, you, you must be writing in your sleep. <laughs> uh, I was, yeah. It's um, not so bad now as it used to be, but. Uh, yeah, I've always I've been writing since uh, as long as I can remember. In fact, my my mother told me once that I never, as a child, played with toys. All she had to give me was a pencil and a piece of paper, and I was happy for hours. So nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my brother's a professional writer, and you know he has to write. He has to. Um, and uh, you know I'm a blogger, so yes, you know when you need to get it out, you need to get it out. But you know, I mean, over the six thousand articles, I would imagine that um, you know your writings have changed. But you know, is there a common thread? You know, a journey in those articles is there a common thread of seeking or understanding. That's that's a good question. I mean, when I left corporates, I set up as a freelance writer, and all of a sudden you haven't got a regular salary you're being paid just to write so what i what i would do is uh, contact numerous magazines and offer my services and um, very often they'd ask me if i knew about a particular subject and if i didn't i'd very quickly learn mm-hmm. um, so for me it was partly about um, writing for business magazines technology magazines lifestyle magazines but i learned to hone my craft as a writer through doing that Uh, and for me writing good good writing is like poetry it reads and flows like poetry and keeps the reader um keeps the reader engaged because there's something more than the mere words there's a kind of a rhythm Mm -hmm. to the writing which draws people in um if I was choosing my own subjects, which I, did, I could do sometimes, then I was always more drawn towards the history, mythology, spirituality types of articles. Those are the ones I really enjoyed writing. But um, as a freelance writer, you, you write whatever you, you, you're asked to. Yeah. Well, when it, you know, your own writing, kind of writing in, you know, in the spiritual, which is, mm. I, I've been kind of in this political arena lately um, because I just can't sit back. 
and watch. I can't say to people that we are a part of the solution and sit back and watch and, uh, no. you know, what's going on here in North America. I'm in Canada, but just watching what's going on in America, you know, really will affect the rest of the world. Um, so there is an, an awful lot of concern. And so I, I have been writing and it's been interesting kind of the remarks back. And, you know, you've got the sun, the, the ones that shoot from the hip, you know. Yes. And then you've got the other ones that, you know, it, I don't have to understand every single um, bill that's been passed or, you know, this chess piece of, of, of political player here. I'm talking about the general ethics of what's going on. Um, and the accountability of what's going on and it and it's time to you know uh, show kind of that unity that respect and that collaboration um so i would say that my spirituality speaks politics if you see what i mean yeah absolutely uh, understand and uh, you know and it's been interesting the kind of response that i've had back because as i said for some people what do you know about politics and it's, i'm not talking politically i'm talking about the ethics as a human being who is yes. seeking political power. And I think if we don't speak out and if we don't, you know, if we just sit back and moan a bitch about it uh, or laugh about it, you know, we become part of that problem. And I think that, you know, we have to kind of speak out peacefully but hold yes, accountable to, to the actions because we're held accountable to our actions in life, aren't we? And, um, you know, I think this is where money and and fame and glory kind of mistrudes everything where people kind of lose that humanity along the way and it can happen to anybody you know as people get recognition in in work you see it a lot with entrepreneurs they're suddenly getting recognized for what they're doing they're winning awards that are there you know people are praising them or asking for their services and it can go to their heads and yeah, and you have to be extremely careful you can stand in pride but you've got to be careful that it doesn't topple over the other side mm. i couldn't agree more so how does one, from a business point of view and everything mm. that you've been through and with that spirituality, hold on to that, that kind of spiritual ethics and make sure that, you know, you don't topple over? What would be some of the signs that you would have to look at or be cautious of? It, it's, it's not an easy question to answer. What I've found is that um, people who have got a very st strong spiritual grounding they can really tackle any problem, problems in work and problems out of work. And what I found over the years is that there is an enormous amount of frustration. There's some really, really good, honest, lovely people work in very corrupt organizations. And we all know the stories about um, the carbon emissions, the oil companies, the, the, the corrupt pharmaceutical companies giving people endless drugs which are not really curing them. Mm -hmm. But what you find is very often that a lot of very honest, decent people work for these companies, but they're unable to change the way they're run. And some of them do try and they have the most well-meaning approaches, but they're just, it's like the old analogy of trying to turn the oil tanker around, you know, mid-ocean. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not easy. And I think a lot of people who are, do have a very spiritual intention and, and spiritual groundedness and realize there are problems and they want to do something about it, but very often they can't. And I think it's the same in politics. You know, we all, we all, um, complain about our politicians i think a lot of them that i've certainly met are very decent people but they get to a point in their career where they realize 
it's very, very difficult to turn around a whole deeply embedded philosophy. And um, it's not easy. Not to say it can't be done. I believe it actually can be done, but it's not easy. And I think kind of that first step is the awareness that it is corrupt and it needs to be done. Mm. You know, and that's when you acknowledge that you can't really walk away from that. Now it's just a question of the how. That's that's right. Yes. And it, it all it all begins with the individual. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it has to in some ways. It has to be the individual who starts to question the status quo and starts to question things that might be going on in their organizations. And they might realize that their organizations that are paying them are not doing things in maybe an ethical way or a very fair way or a very constructive way that helps the planet in the long run. And it's all based on very very short termism. And um, they've got a choice. They can leave the organization or they can try and do something internally. But it's, it's a big challenge. It's a global challenge. Yeah. And, and there, there are ways to make it happen. But it's not going to be easy. Uh, well, this is kind of the organization, the, the, uh, the Club of Budapest International and the Lasno Institute, New Paradigm Research, is kind of really where that is, isn't it? About, Very much, you yes. Know, spreading across 21 countries, campaigning for peaceful, equitable, sustainable world. Yes. Um, and, you know, this is, you know, we, we say these words and then people just go, yeah, right you know, peaceful and sustainable, but it is all achievable. And it really starts off with change your mindset for a start. You're never going to see an answer in front of you if you're just going to go around going, no, it can't happen. Exactly. And you're you're absolutely right. It is achievable and it is being achieved. And some amazing things are happening all around the world, some truly amazing things. Unfortunately, um, our media as always like to report the the wars the aggression the Mm. conflict and um, you know good news is not the news that's always out there but if you if you search for it there is some amazing and wonderful uplifting and motivational things happening all over the world every day exactly and i've I've interviewed a couple of people one of them who started um uh, it's called ecocide you know uh, the uh, criminal law against the environment in uh, making it the fifth uh, criminal law and uh, and that facing countries that are doing things that are knowingly harming the planet and its people a crime and mm. uh, she's got a lot of countries signed up for this of course it's you know hitting the big ones that um where we know things like fracking you know here in canada is really bad um uh, you know that holding them accountable is a little hard but you know, if if somebody doesn't start the journey, how is somebody? You know, how do you gather a momentum? And it's just that brave soul that kind of starts something and invites by inspiration other people yes. to join. We're seeing this with you know the Bernie Sanders movement, um, an incredible movement for somebody who's seventy-four, you know, um, who's got so m- more youth behind him than anybody ever before. Um, no more than $34 per person to support his campaign who can't be bought and uh, has got such a, a movement of peaceful people following him. And so, you know, every, and, and against the wind because the media is trying to do everything they can to, you know, um, uh, black, blacklist him in any way they can, which is backfiring. And that's yes. the thing. We can, but it, it comes down to us having to change the way we think about life, how, the way we think about ourselves first, isn't it? Yes, it is very much. Yes, yeah. And this is what this is what um, the Institute and the Club of Budapest are, is, is doing. It's bringing together 
um, like-minded individuals who are really, really serious about wanting to make change and putting them together. And um, it's working. Exactly. Um, and I've got a few people to introduce you to because they're out doing that the same. And I think we're also seeing a different wording nowadays. Yeah, it's great to be competitive on the field and little competition is good. But this competition in business at the cost of, I think is changing completely. I think what we're seeing now is, is ca that collaboration, realizing that no one person or no one company can do it all. And that if you collaborate and align with others, we'll get more done and everybody will be more fruitful for it. Mm, exactly. And it's it's a delight to see people come together, isn't it? You know, especially when you see powerful people come together and put their personal interests aside and go, this is for the greater good. Yeah, it, it, we're in a society that um, people look up to. Um, not not well, the word stars is wrong, but me media personalities um, who do have influence around the world. And when once you've got a good cause and you're doing good things, then getting a few of these celebrities to speak up and um, support that cause is, is not a bad thing at all. No, it certainly isn't. Um, because we are the difference. You know, if people are sitting back waiting for a miracle to happen. Well, you're the miracle. And it yeah. comes with your change of mind. It comes with your open mind. But um, as a spiritual coach, I'm always talking about invite your soul heart and spirit to the conversation they yes. actually know more than your head does yeah um, absolutely right and so when we have that entire conversation going on we're guided to what is right we know what we need to do is that if you're in your head all the time it's 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 kind of constantly receiving data without processing it you need to mm -hmm. process it through that heart soul and spirit and as a coach um, i'm sure you uh, agree with that I, I do totally. And uh, I meet a lot of people every single day of my life. I'm meeting new people. And I think in some respects, it's kind of cool to be spiritual. And a lot of people will say, oh, yes, yeah, I'm very, very spiritual. And that that's good. But there are very few who are genuinely 100 mm percent -hmm. spiritual and live in a spiritual way in every single thing they do. Um and I, I, my, my belief, and I've learned this over the years, is it's the people who don't just sort of preach the spirituality, but people who live and breathe it as if there is no other alternative. It's just the way they have to live. There is These no other alternative. <laughs> yeah, there's no alternative. No. It's, just, it's just the way you are mm. and the way you behave in, in every sphere of life. It becomes part of who you are. Um, and it becomes natural to just live in a spiritual way without it being something you just adopt now and then mm -hmm. in, in odd moments. Exactly. I mean, it is, it's a state of being. Yeah, exactly. And yes. uh, you're governed by this state of being in everything that you do. And let's make it perfectly clear. You can be an extraordinary, rich, profitable person. It's what you do with your money. I was going to say, excuse the expression, go make a shitload of money, but mm. make sure you take at least half of it and seed the opportunities for others. Yes, yes. And I, I, have, I have met a lot of people in that, uh, in that sphere who have uh, done just that, made lots of money, had a kind of uh, spiritual awakening, had a realization, suddenly changed their mind completely about how they wanted to invest it and put it into something that's for the good of the planet. And uh, I meet these sort of people you know, quite frequently now, and that, that's superb. And I, you know, I love those kind of stories. I certainly do. You know, I had uh, somebody 
Jan Borg for, from Switzerland um, made his money, I think maybe in the dot-com, but certainly in, in, in computers, um, and uh, decided that he wanted to invest back in women in third world countries and started a radio station for, for women in kind of Saudi and all these countries where they don't have a voice. And it was a radio station for women speaking to women. And he was saying, I've only got 40% male listenership. And I said, what? <laughs> You've got 40% male listening to women? on women's subjects. I mean, my God, what an education that's going on right there. And he puts the money in in educating women to give them that liberty and that freedom. And it's, you know, kudos to him completely. I I, I admire, I didn't know that story, but um, I admire that very, very much because I I think a lot of the world problems are down to the fact that we, we have not empowered women enough to have a voice and uh, I think it's essential to bring that balance back. It's, well, it's part, of the, part of the solution. Another person you have to meet, Jan Borg from Womanity, because um, you know I think most certainly you'll see that um, that connection and that synergy there. And you know, for me as 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 a host, interviewing people that are that have stepped outside of themselves, uh, but not in a sacrificial way. You know, I think we're here to be of service to one another. That's what it's yes. about. You know, um, if we're not of service to one another, the village can't sustain itself and it will collapse, which we have seen that when everybody became so insular, you know, isolated from everyone. We saw that, discon- you know, the, the foundation collapse. And we realize we have to be that village and respect everybody's part in it and support one another. That's been of service. But what we've seen so much of is servitude, everybody becoming a servant to somebody. Yes. And, and that is why we have to step up and say no more into ourselves. I, I need to place value uh, and love and respect upon myself and fortify myself first so that I have something to give and be of service to the world. Yes, it goes back to the old, you know, you've got to walk the talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you don't, you're not authentic to yourself or, or in front of other people. And you have to oxygenate yourself first, right? You can't give life to life if you're gasping for air yourself. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure with, um, I mean, hypnotherapy, you do hypno, hip, uh, hypnotherapy as well, which yes. is uh, quite intriguing um, mm-hmm. uh, to see what comes out, you know, uh, that's hidden deep beneath. Um, do you have any extraordinary stories there? Um, not not so much extraordinary stories. I think ev- every everyone has got a, a story, and everyone has got issues. And some people know exactly what their issue is. It might be um, a, a kind of a, an allergy to something, a quite normal thing. Um, or very often, people have got phobias. They're, they've got phobias about you know the, the the normal ones, things like heights or spiders or um, something that scares them, but they don't really know why this happens. And then they come to a hypnotherapist, and just by using some gentle techniques, um, we can take that person back to when this this, this uh, problem first manifested, and then very gently l- get them to look at the issue in, in a different way, and in a very relaxed and, and easygoing conversational way, make them um, aware of what the how the issue first manifested and how it can be resolved. And that's just extremely rewarding to be able to help people with problems they may have had for many, many years without knowing how to resolve them. And then very quickly sometimes, it can be a matter of minutes in some cases, to get them completely over these problems, um, able to face the world again. And sometimes it's it's many lifetimes. It's something that's kind of been passed down. Um, it, in that it's, DNA. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, my my uh, 
younger daughter just could not sleep in the dark could not sleep on her own i mean you know confident little thing in the day and that night was just you know terrified and i took her to a hypnotherapist and who took her back and we discovered that um three times uh, in past lives she'd been abandoned and left in the dark Mm. And even though she was young, I think she was only about five or six when we did this, I managed to get her to understand that that wasn't, didn't happen to her, that it happened to another little girl in another lifetime. And she accepted this and it, she went on to sleeping in her room with the light on. And now, you know, now she's a full grown adult in the dark, no fear whatsoever. Um, but it was it was even interesting for her that kind of understanding that that wasn't her so she didn't need to be afraid of it because it wasn't her now and it's very very impactful i think because as you said people take things with them and they don't know well why am i so scared mm. <laughs> and and when you actually understand well really it's got nothing to do with you just an imprint that's been put on you it's so much easier to let go yeah exactly and and the the thing is with with that kind of example and it's a great example uh, which has happened to many many people that there is still a huge amount of skepticism of this idea of um issues being taken from one life to another that, that the whole thing of reincarnation and past lives and yet there's such a huge amount of mounting evidence mm -hmm. for something going on that okay it's not immediately explicable by very rational scientific people but it, it's so common now and um, it's gradually gradually seeping into the mainstream and being accepted well i think what we're seeing is um, you know what i love is when i speak to somebody of science and of course quantum energy has really opened up the understanding quite considerably and people are realizing of course that everything we touch everything we are is energy particles of energy different frequencies uh, and um, signatures of energy and we are, are, are an energy signature, our DNA is. And so, you know, when this lifetime absorbs this experience into our DNA, you know, when we are reborn, that, that experience goes on, you know, with that, that signature. And we're seeing this understanding coming from the science community of understanding how this energy just keeps gathering. The body is purely a vessel for this life experience. Yeah, and, and in fact, uh, what you've just described there was the theme of the last conference we held at the Laszlo Institute in Tuscany, Italy. We brought together some of the leading thinkers in quantum physics and um, the, the quantum field, but people with equal open minds on the spiritual aspects of this, and we had a wonderful, uh, enlightening conference. Oh, God, I wish I'd been there. <laughs> it would have been very exciting. Um, yeah. Even though sometimes things are above me, it doesn't matter. You kind of, it, you're riding that wave, you know, yes. uh, and it's, um, and when you choose to actually step out of your own ignorance, you know, because we're not designed to know it all. However, we have knowingness. The universe knows it all. And when we need to know it, all we need to do is just ask the universe and be still on our knowingness and we'll get what we need to know at the time we need to know it. And it's that kind of energy wave. It's like when you meet somebody, you go, wow, we're on the same wavelength. Or, yes. You know, or I really tuned into that person. And that is because you, you're writing that same signature. And so you have yes, that, exactly. you know, that synergy that's there. And uh, it's really, you know, a wonderful, only being scratched the surface uh, of understanding. But it's, it's so wonderful to actually see it being more open and more discussed, especially, you know, amongst those higher levels that kind of give it that validity. Mm. 
Yeah, and and it's it's uh, wonderful. I, I very much you know have, love the opportunity I've been given to bring together people at the cutting edge of research into these interesting subjects. And not only are they great speakers and um, in their own right, but the when they meet other experts from around the world that they've never met before, and they just discuss in an open forum. Gosh, you know, the things you learn um, and things you pick up are just incredible. I mean, I've always been a spiritual counsellor, but I work with emotions. So for me, it's always been tuned into people's emotion. You know, I knew, I known their pain and their conflict and, and how to help them unravel that. That was, you know, I've just been one of those people with, with those, uh, that understanding from childhood. So that was yes. what I was always been to doing and helping people wake up to that that spirituality within them that and let go of that kind of human fear um yeah. but my partner is um the energy guy who, who will be interviewing you on quinescence um and he literally has healed his body through energy and he had parkinson's he's broken his back four times ocd i mean you, you know the amount of things he has uh, had wrong with him but literally where the breaks used to be have healed themselves all through this you know this energy um, and also he's devised a, um, a complete in the zone app of actually understanding how to stay in the zone and this is all done through mathematical equations and the manipulation of energy and it's we, you know we're only we look at Tesla Nicole Tesla and and, and a few others uh, Pascal which is his hero you know going back what well, 14th 15th century we've had this knowledge kind of at our fingertips for a long time but our our human intellect hang caught up yes. in how to understand it because we were trying to understand it purely from a human aspect, but you have to understand it from a human spiritual aspect to truly understand what it means. Of course, absolutely right. Yes, I agree. It sounds like the sort of person we should be getting along for one of our future conferences. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Mindful of... Uh, uh, and, and I see him work with energy and it's, it's really quite you know amazing. And... Um, and it's opened up my mind because I kind of never knew where my knowledge came from, you know, and it's, I don't work with that kind of energy. And you, you literally can see the animals coming to him for their, you know, their energy fix up and people yes. being drawn to them. I don't feel that because that's not the way I'm tuned in. But somebody with having an emotional breakdown, you know, mm. next door, I can feel that. So it's, I think each one of us needs to recognize the kind of the gift that we're given and yeah. and learn to nurture that because that is what we're here for isn't it? it it is i mean i've always been extremely sensitive to energies um even before i decided to get trained as, as a reiki healer which i thoroughly enjoy doing i was aware of energies and um right from an early age really and i've always had particular sort of quirks that for example, if I go to a city, like I have to go into London quite often on, on business, um, the moment I get off the train in London, it's like a wall hitting me, mm. the, the, what I experience. And it's not great energy either. It's, a lot of it is very negative. Whereas um, at weekends, I always go walking, particularly in woodland, particularly in forests. And um, I find that so re-energizing. It's really like having uh, plugging into a battery and getting re-energized again. So I've always been very, very sensitive to energies around me. Yeah, and I think as we get older and kind of become even more protective, you know, and it's not like guarding, but just understanding that protection, uh, the more and more we move away from the cities 
and you know look to the bodies of water and trees which is really important yes. and you know when you look at the network of trees they found that yeah uh, the the roots of the trees are like a matrix like an energy network and uh, they're energizing each other and i can walk into a forest and have a conversation with the trees and uh, they're talking back to me you know those rustles of those leaves that vibration they set off and i find it so enlightening and so soothing um and it's I remember walking down one set of trees once, which I did every morning when I lived in this particular place. And I one day said to him, you're being awfully loud today. And the trees were rustling away like crazy. And when I said that, they'd stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Not once I got leave rustled. And it was almost like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a, that's a, a fascinating subject. I, I've always had a sensitivity to... Uh, countryside and trees mm -hmm. and uh, I'm very fortunate because uh, at the moment I'm splitting my time between um, my home in the Cotswolds near Oxford and um, my apartment in Tuscany in Italy next to where the institute is and uh, I'm, I'm off to Italy next week and I'm visiting a place you may have heard of called Dam and Her mm -hmm. and uh, they're doing some extraordinary research into communication with trees Mm -hmm. um, and in all sorts of ways and this is this is not kind of very fairy stuff this is deeply scientific oh, yes. stuff. Mm. no the energy networks that they have there and what they set off i mean this is why people do find trees so absolutely healing it's also interesting that when i'm walking in a forest i have to stick to kind of the outskirts and not go deep into the forest mm. because i find that it becomes too intense that energy yeah. the deeper you go in um, and i also need that body of water nearby Yes, water is very, very powerful medium. Yeah, absolutely. And mm. and and the wind, you know, because yes. that wind kind of just you know clears the air, so to speak, and and uh, has a wonderful way of literally taking things off you and out of you, um, you know, and just you know blowing it away. Yeah, I'm I'm never happier than when I'm out uh, cycling and walking in the countryside. I find it so energizing. And I think people, you know, they're constantly chasing their tails, aren't they? You know, why is this happening to me? And, you know, I'm miserable and this and that. Well, you know, stop and look at where you're at. Is there anything around you that you find joy in? And if the answer is no, well, maybe it's time to move. Maybe it's time to make that radical change in your life. Um, you know, don't just kind of pack up and go. Some people can do that. I did that. Um, but, you know, some people, it's a process, it's a step-by-step. Step. But don't just stand there going, I'm miserable and I hate the world. You know, the world is absolutely beautiful. It has every single thing we need. We've been given the most incredible gift uh, with this planet and with the people in it. It's, we've got to change our perspective and the way we treat each other and the way we treat the planet. Yeah, there's uh, exactly right. There's, there's a lot of things you just said, which um, my book, 100 Tips for Total Life Fulfillment, cover these points exactly, which was based on the experience of helping a lot of people to redesign their life to find that, that level of contentment. But they've got to be willing to do the work, haven't they? This isn't a you know an app you download or a button you push. You know, it's it's a restructuring of your mind and and listening to your spirit, isn't it? it, it you you're you're exactly right in what you say there because um, it's my experience of, of talking to hundreds of people in my capacity as a life coach that yeah, you can give them the perfect resolution 
to to their problems but it does require for them to make small changes to their lifestyle and those who do have the courage to make those small changes they do reap the benefits but a lot of people very very quickly retreat into their comfort zones and recreate old old habits and, and don't have the courage to just make that little step forward and break through and that's sad it is very very sad and this is you know we have over 1400 shows here on the station and uh, you know um, uh, the most percentage of them you know good 75 80 obviously even 90 percent of them are people that have walked away from a life that was not serving them you know they learned to to honor their meaningful purpose in life you know to become part of that service to others to embrace the soul and the heart and their spirit and to honor that journey and some of them you know have had horrific things happen to them in life um you know bodies being burnt 65 percent of the body losing every family family member obviously divorce and and uh, you know losing businesses um like cancer is a huge one and yet they decide not just to survive but to thrive and they all look back at everything that happened to them and saying thank you for letting it happen to me because that's where i learned the value of life and the appreciation and the gratitude of life and my meaningful purpose in it and this is what we celebrate here on the station is people who take that journey because they become the gems the absolute gems for this planet yeah yeah it's 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 either something dramatic happens to you as a person which causes you to rethink everything and take a new path um it can, or it can be as kind of spiritual awakening or just a desire to get off the corporate treadmill and mm-hmm. make a new life for yourself and having the courage to um, take that step it's not easy but uh, a lot of pe- more and more people are doing it and everybody I've spoken to absolutely everybody I've spoken to is saying it's worth it everything's worth it I would never go back I would never go back but that's you know, my experience too yes you've just got to be willing to take that time if you had a best friend that was going through something or a family member you would want to pour your love and your nurturing, your advice, whatever it is that that person needed. So why can't you look in the mirror and do the same there? Mm. Because you're yeah. with yourself for the rest of your life, aren't you? So you may be the happiest you can be with you and your yes. choices. Exactly. It takes takes courage sometimes to do it, but mm-hmm. uh, everyone who's done it certainly doesn't regret it. That's a common theme. Yeah. No, certainly don't. And it's certainly worthwhile, all the, the trials and tribulations. Um, even in just looking at, uh, my goodness, I didn't know I had that strength within me. Mm. Right? Very much so. So there's something else that you do as a pastime. Um, you play in a band. Yeah, I've been um, playing music since I was about, well, I think I was about 13 or 14 when I first started playing the guitar. Um, are you bass? Are you, what are you? Oh, all sorts of things. I've I've been playing um, all different types of guitars and all different types of styles, including things like bazookis and mandolas and mandolins and 12 strings and electrics and uh, you name it. And is this an outlet or is this the, is this the secret passion? It's, it's, it's a passion. I actually enjoy the songwriting process, the um, create the creativity of, sitting down at the end of a day, a busy day, picking up the guitar and just letting the music flow from my fingers and um, finding new new chords, finding new sounds, new ways of playing. And I've, I've never 
been an expert in one particular genre, like you have great classical guitarists or great blues guitarists, what's given me joy personally is learning to play every style you can think of. So I, I can play ragtime and jazz and classical and blues and rock and folk. And it's that... Um, that, that all the different genres all, all give me pleasure to just experiment and play so yeah playing the guitar and uh, the mandolin and the bouzouki has been something i've done right through my life and of course you know with six thousand articles it's very obvious that you would write your own material uh you know get those chords going i can imagine it would just open up the complete uh, inner dialogue there yeah, and and the songwriting process. I love words as a writer, so it's been a, it's been a joy to just to uh, create new songs. And and um, if if they work out enough, I I pop down out to different pubs and clubs and and festivals and uh, perform. Right. Well, there's this thing called YouTube. You should try filming yourself and get it up there, and let let everybody else have the pleasure of your music as well. Yeah, I, I think I've been sort of so busy. I've not really bothered, I must admit, with YouTube. Generally on YouTube, it's where I've been playing with other people as their backing guitarist. Right, right. Well, you know, we would like to hear some of your music to, you know, pop something out there. It's always fun. Um, I'll do it. Good, <laughs> yes, good, keep please. Inspired. Yeah, no, no, do it, do it, because, you know, it's an extension of you. And, and yes. you know, you're, you're a writer, you're a person with words, you know, that's how you express yourself. And if you've taken... You know, the same as you said, you just sit down and write. And, mm. you know, if if it's not that the music is guiding you to write, you know, I mean, it's, we want to experience that, please. Mm. I, I, consider it done. Great. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, now talk to us about uh, the event that's coming up, uh, the Global Woman Summit. Yeah, well, um, this is, um, I, I can't take the credit for the Global Woman Summit. I work very closely with a very good friend of mine, Mirella Sula, and Mirella has an amazing life story, which uh, I, I'm sure you'll hear. And um, she came over to the UK from, from Albania a few years ago and found it very difficult to find a job, even though she was well established in Albania. And... Uh, she realized that she was one of many, many migrant women into the UK who found it quite difficult to to get roots down and, and find employment. So Mirella is the sort of person who doesn't sit still. She created a wonderful magazine called Migrant Woman Magazine. And this soon became very successful. And I met her just as she was starting out on this, this road. Um, the magazine's become so popular now that we've had to change the name to Global Woman Magazine because it's not just migrant women who found it inspirational. It's women everywhere. And um, I've been uh, helping Mirella with the magazine. I've been doing a lot of the editing for her because English isn't her first language. And she's organised a number of very, very successful events which empower women. And this is just going to be the, the probably the biggest event that we're doing, um, which we're calling the Global Woman Summit. And the objective is that we are going to bring together some very, very inspirational and successful women entrepreneurs, usually mostly women who have come up from very little um, sort of in, their, in their backgrounds, but have made a success in whatever they feel they've chosen, in whatever services and products they've developed. And they will be speaking to the audience about their journey and giving hints and tips and inspiration to 
all the audience who pre be predominantly migrant women wanting for some inspiration so very much looking forward to working with uh, my friend Morella on making that a successful event and uh, I've um, done, I've interviewed her, you'll just see, you'll find it under Migrant Woman, and I've got another interview coming up with her as an update very, very soon. And uh, I do an awful lot of uh, the radio interviews um, for people that she's interviewed in the magazine. So, um, you know, a numerous yeah. amount of them lately. Yeah. Um, Lydia Federico, who I've interviewed a couple of times, absolutely. Adorable. Oh, yes. When you talk about, you know, pure spirit, uh, yeah. you are talking a pure ethical spiritual woman there and um, yes. And um, I recently interviewed a, a whole lot of women from Cardiff that came along there, Tracy and um, and uh, Cheryl and uh, Camelita, and uh, I've got Radka coming up. So, yes, um, I've interviewed yes. a lot of them. And, of course, you know, their stories, you know, um, they're all migrants, um, but it is that story of embracing a new opportunity, treating it like an adventure, seeking out what you can do and uh, not looking at the obstacles but just you know when you look at a kid and they see something in front of them that's causing them to not get where they want to go they'll climb over it mm. and and sometimes we have to go back to that kind of childhood spirit and go okay it's either go over go around or go under <laughs> but just go <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and, and uh Mirella has introduced me to a lot of the women you just mentioned and of course um, as you probably know, Marilla has just recently in December won the award for the most inspirational woman of the year, 2015, for human rights. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, yes, yeah. we, we're meant to do an updated show, but she's been too busy. But I'll get her on as again <laughs> <Yes>. soon. <laughs> it's trying to pin her down. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, she certainly has brought to me some most beautiful people that have left, you know, a, a mark you know on their stories and uh, yes um and you know th i am sure with you too is that when i do interviews and uh, of people that have really truly embraced the their soul journey their spirit journey and who they are in life and you know have, have decided to have the courage to face those challenges and you know rise above them work through them um it, really it's it's a treat to us isn't it i'm the one that gets fed from this yeah, it's an inspiration to all of us when we hear these incredible stories of some of the hardships people have overcome and how they've, they've thrived and succeeded. It's a great inspiration. And uh, again, it comes down to, you know, that word choice that says choose positive living. And mm. uh, if things aren't working for you in your life, it's don't sit and wallow and go, poor me. Go, OK, how the hell do I get out of this pit? Um, you know, where is my footing? And uh, and. But first, that determination needs to be there. And when you really have decided that I, you know, I don't want to move on from this pain, this fear or this restraints, um, and you truly are earnest with yourself, the universe will always find you a footing and yes. in order to get out of it. But it has to be that something that you truly and honestly want to do and willing to do, right? Mm, quite right. Yeah. And uh yeah, it, it all comes from having that little bit of uh, willpower and determination and motivation to just succeed whatever the odds. And the decision not to be the downtrodden anymore, but to rise mm. above. And uh, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of work, but you're going to stand there and look at yourself in the mirror and go, well done, you had the courage, you had the strength, and look at who you are now. Yes. And that's very the reward big. that you'll have. And. And again, you know, like with Morella and so many, you know, it, you know, from their pain, from their turmoil, you know, has come, you know, hope and inspiration for others. And, 
you know my motto is inspire to invite yes right it's a good one so you know when you are that inspiration you're inviting other people to take that journey because now they believe they can yes so tell us a little more about the the Lasno Institute and what you're doing what's coming up next with that yeah it's, it's very very exciting um the, the Laszlo Institute for New Paradigm Research is in a beautiful building in the mountains of northern Tuscany in a special little town called Banya de Luca, which has been famous for hundreds of years because it's where natural hot springs flow from the mountains. Lovely. And uh, there are a lot of thermal baths and people from all over Europe a hundred years ago would go to take the waters there, the mineral waters. And the Institute was built over one of these natural springs and uh, it was a hospital with the the thermal baths within the hospital and then it was taken over in the mid 90s as Italy's first holistic courses center so since the mid 90s the building's been used for running courses on things like yoga and meditation and um, mindfulness um, lots and lots of, of courses and people come from all over Italy and the, 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 the person who runs this um, centre is a very good friend of the great Irvin Laszlo and offered this facility to Irvin when Irvin was looking for somewhere to set up as his own research institute. Um, I was very fortunate that I've always been a great, great fan of all Irvin's work and I've got to know him very closely. We work very closely together. And I was absolutely delighted when Irvin took me to see his research institute for the first time and then asked me if I would agree to accept the position of manager, managing director of his institute. And um, I just dropped everything else I was doing and said, absolutely. Uh, and I've absolutely loved it ever since. And what the institute is all about is putting on conferences every few months with a different theme. And we only started it last year in 2015 and the first conference was on healing and medicine and we brought together some of the leading thinkers from around the world who are doing amazing things holistically with looking at health and, and well-being. Then we had a second conference a little bit later on spirituality and consciousness and again we brought experts in those subjects from around the world to meet, to talk to the audience, present and the third one was on quantum physics. And we've got some uh, some more coming up this year. We're doing one on education and why we need to educate the young for a sustainable planet for the future. And we've got one on business and leadership and the ethics of corporate responsibility coming up in July. And then others beyond that. You know, growing up, I've been a spiritual being all my life. And I always felt, you know... A like it was a mistake somehow I'd been dropped off on this planet by mistake and I was waiting for them to come back and get me a little <laughs> bit like E.T. you know and yeah. uh, you know I played with dead people and I've worked in the spiritual realm all my life and and uh, you know I am British I kind of you know um, I look anything between kind of bohemian chic and, and pills and tweets you know um, <laughs> and so right. I'm a contradiction and, and everything and <laughs> And I so wish that this had been around because, you know, I've been trying to teach the the art of positive living, you know, through spirituality all my life. But, you know, I was really up against tidal waves 
and mm. uh, you know and of course considered the freak and and everything else and it's we're now in where you know I can step into to my ownership of everything that I am with that voice and I always have been but it was like you know how you hear something where you don't hear words you know yes. and I felt that that's how people were hearing me you know now that we have this opening up and this fifth dimension and, and this channel open up and awakeness awakening you know they're hungry for it and it's so wonderful but I kind of feel in a lot of ways I've kind of missed that boat <laughs> because now everybody else has gone on without me and um I will have to go to Italy very quickly. <laughs> oh, God, would I love it. Would I love it. I feel like at home completely. Um, because, you know, I know from me, from all the past lifetimes I've had, and I go back a very long way, that my lifetime pattern has always been here to teach uh, the connection to spirit, to soul. You know, mm. the soul intellect, resonating with your heart, passion, uh, opening up to your spirit action and then uh, trusting your mind to know what it needs to know at the time it needs to know it. And I know yes. that's been my pattern thread for all of my lifetimes. And, and it's so wonderful to see now that this being so embraced now um, and it and when people are awakening, they're not apologizing for this. They're hungry for it. And it's yes, oh, at last, at last, that permission to embrace is there. Yeah, it, it it is. There's more and more people getting interested in in spiritual subjects, and um, we're we're getting very good audiences coming out to to the conference centre and uh, taking part in all the discussions and really learning and enjoying the whole experience. It's not just about the presenters; it's about that the institute is in a in a sacred valley beside a mountain stream, oh, and oh, people have been meditating there for years, and it's just got a beautiful atmosphere a lovely signature yeah mm. and you know i think this is you know what something else in again of this world of just you know i think what's going on at the present moment in the world is that uh, we have as a humanity have to make a choice uh we're either going to feed into that hysteria that hate that rhetoric that's going on or we're going to step up and say no more i'm a part of the solution i choose to be a part of a unity and I think this is what's happening with the world at the present moment. Stand up and be accountable mm. yeah, uh, the time. for your choice. And your choice will dictate where we go in the next hundred years. And I'm praying, I'm praying that, the, you know, and, and we are seeing it, but we need to turn the volume up on it more, um, is the people saying, enough is enough. I want mm. my life to have some meaning, and that means I must stand together. Yeah. And that, that ties in with, with exactly Irving's other initiative, the Club of Budapest, is, is trying to achieve that aim across the world. And what does that do? That's the, um, just tell us a little more about that. Um, to, to, basically, uh, in a nutshell, 25 years ago, uh, Irving, Irving Laszlo, a philosopher, scientist and, and writer, decided that the world was edging towards what he calls a tipping point where if we're going to do things to save the planet we need to do it very quickly and because of his influence and his contacts he was able to create this organization he called the club of budapest um, because it was created in budapest in hungary where he where he was originally born and he managed to bring together 60 i think 60 or 65 founder members um, who 25 years ago were probably the most influential people on the planet to support him in this quest. And they all signed a manifesto and agreement to uh, support the work 
of the Club of Budapest. And um, among the membership, we have the Dalai Lama and Bishop Desmond Tutu, uh, Prime Ministers, Mikhail Gorbachev, all the peace work he's done, actors, um, celebrities, influential people. And um, it's been an organisation that has grown and thrived and is now spreading out to 21 countries around the world with a common mission to do everything possible for the good of the planet. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Um, This is how it's done. This is how it's done. It's not one person trying to lead a crusade or anything. It is about a movement. And we're seeing this movement, and that movement can only be as strong as people coming together for the greater good. And yes, we hear it in movies, and it's a cliche, but bottom line, let's keep things simple. If we want this planet to survive, if we want to survive on this planet, we need to step outside of our own egotistical selves and understand in order to be whole in our own presence, we have to be contributors to each other and the planet. Yeah, absolutely right. And and it's lovely to see that uh, more and more people are coming to support this this uh, Club of Budapest. Um, and uh, all credit to Irvin for having the, the vision and the foresight to have created it and uh, believed in it so much and, and is watching it growing. And every every few weeks we're getting another country around the world expressing an interest in uh, setting up within their own uh, their own country. Oh, how fantastic. And, and this is how it's done. Um, and, and the thing is about positive energy. I find that negative energy, I used to say, take to people, take a ruler. And, um, you know, the six to 12 were the positives and the higher it went, the more untouchable it was in the sense of contamination. And then you had your four to sixes were the awakeness, you know, waking up to, to that beautiful energy and embracing it. And you had those one to three piranhas and they would mm. go after the four to sixes and suck their energy dry and not That's let them get analogy. the side. Hmm? Yes. And so, you know, really we have to look at it right now. Do we want to allow ourselves to be sucked dry of our energy? Um, uh, because it takes more energy to sustain that. Uh, or do we actually want to ride in that beautiful positive energy that sustains itself in that just beautiful equilibrium that, it's it, that it is? Mm. It's, a, that's a, it's a good analogy and it's a very good point. And, and I, I find this personally almost every day that there are lots of very very highly motivated wonderful people spiritual people doing everything they possibly can for good causes but there are those who just do not like change they they like the way things are and they do try and um get in the way of of good things happening and they can be a huge drain on your personal energy yes it's very true and again it comes down to also that little bit of of warning is that uh, when your voice is getting heard and you are having an impact, don't fall into that human ego mm. of, of you know, oh, everybody's looking at me. Instead, take that energy and kind of reseed it back into those possibilities of helping other people grow. That's it. That's what it's all about. It's leaving the ego behind and just doing good for the spiritual whole. Yeah. You ha- can have pride. Please have pride. And your accomplishments and who you are and what you stand for, nothing wrong with that at all. But when the ego steps in, it starts showing a face that misrepresents everything that you say you stand for. And I think that's sometimes we have to keep ourselves in check with, isn't it? it uh, ab- absolutely right. And, and uh, it happens all the time that some people want to join organisations like the Club of Budapest for the wrong reasons. Um, if people want to do it because for, for their to look good on a CV 
or for their self-promotion they're not really embracing what it's all about yeah yeah um the common denominator is this we all have time that's the one thing everybody has in common 24 Mm. hours in every day what we do with that time and how much we invest it in other in others is that contribution that we give and if you're going to put um, an eager or dollar amount to every single hour and you're not willing to just give some time then you're in it for the wrong reason Mm, very true so you know we have to really look at ourselves and we are uh, the solution but we've also been the problem Um, this planet didn't disrupt itself we did and so we need to step up and take ownership of our own actions and don't beat ourselves up with don't live in guilt Um, forgive yourself for the things that you have done because you didn't know what you knew now and take that knowledge now and say I'm going to be a better person for me and and for the contribution in my society yeah it's it's absolutely right there and and i think what the bottom line in this is all about is uh, i've mentioned um the work of irvin laszlo he's just finished his 91st book um, which which will be out very shortly uh the latest one is called what is consciousness Mm. Um, but if you can take those 90 books the common thread underlying every single book he's written is about the basic misunderstanding we have as human beings that we are separate from each other yeah and once we once we believe that we are separate from everybody else then it becomes this uh, so-called dog-eat-dog world where we look out for our own interests and we look for how we can um, achieve things by treading on others uh, as we rise to the top and it's because we don't really understand our true nature as connected we're all absolutely connected going back to your point earlier about being beings made of energy at Mm -hmm. the end of the day and um, some of the, the latest findings in biology and quantum physics are actually proving scientifically just how connected we are as a species and and once we kind of accept that and we embrace it and we live it and we breathe it and understand it we, we realize that we have to work together as a species to solve problems in a, in a very loving and very compassionate way we're not separate from the people the other side of the planet um, whatever their religion color or creed is so once people understand this connectedness this proven connectedness that's going to be the trigger point that's going to change everything in the world and that's starting to happen there's a huge movement across the world of people waking up and saying i'm not a separate entity to my brothers and sisters on this planet we're all connected and we need to work together for the common good um and there's a definite undercurrent it is happening it's happening slowly well when you've got you know a a presidential candidate like bernie sanders and when he was asked because she's jewish you know what about your religion and he said, you know, I'm not a religious person. You know, my faith is unity. When you mm. hurt, I hurt. When you're in joy, I'm in joy. It is about us collaboratively together. And I, yeah. look, I look upon all of us as a cell structure. How many trillions of cells are in our body working to keep us whole? When those mm. cells start breaking down, we come up with things like cancer or other issues if we look upon each one of us as an important cell within the universal structure and that the more we keep ourselves whole and healthy and plump 
and uh, um, and um, pro, you know, uh, progressive, the more we're actually able to help the whole. And it's yeah. it's not about you giving yourself up and joining the one and becoming a droid or you know the um, the Borg. Uh, from a Star Trek analogy, it is about you being as fruitful and abundant as you can be so that you can bring to the collective that beautiful abundance and let your cup run over. Mm. Yeah, there is you're right. And there are still people who don't accept that and don't accept that as a truth. But uh, increasingly, the, the, the science is supporting that, that, that reality. And that's good. That's got to be good for all of us. And it's growing fast. I mean, mm. you've got a pope that says, I don't care what faith you are as long as it's in love and kindness. Yes, exactly. You know, and, and you know, we've got, we've got this awakening going on and especially seeing it in our millennium kids, you know, mm. of like, you know, you know, parents, sorry, I love you, but you screwed up. I don't want war anymore. Uh, you know, I want to know that there is opportunity out there. It's safe to have a family. And, uh, you know, we're seeing a different t tide altogether there. So the change is happening. What we've got to do is just, you know, keep encouraging it, right? Keep encouraging it. And, and the point you just made is, is so, so important that it's the next upcoming generation. They are telling us things that's obvious to them, which, you know, the older generation have to listen to. Because if we can teach our young at school about ethical living, about compassion about sustainability about spirituality then that's the quickest way to solve our problems yes the next it is. generation and and they're ready i mean they see the logic in it you know and you know we've we've lived by society's dictation and it's not served as well so we need to change what that dictation is and make it more of an invitation for everybody mm. to collaborate within society and then we will have more solutions that that's right, and and that this is what uh, certainly um, both the club of Budapest and uh, the institute are pushing for all the time in in all the work we do. Exactly, and I applaud that. That's wonderful. Well, for your latest news and what you're doing currently, uh, you're going to be teaching a, a series of writing workshops, and you've got a few other things coming up. So, would you like to just let us know what that is? Yeah, I'm actually going to. I, I've I've run writing workshops for many years for uh, wannabe writers who have got a story to tell but are not sure how to get their story out there. So um, I'm doing those workshops in conjunction with with my friend uh, Mirella Sula, who we spoke about earlier. Mm -hmm. We're doing that as a joint one. And um, I think the other thing was my mention of the committee regarding the Israeli-Palestinian problem. Oh, no, you didn't tell us about that. So please uh, give us a little blurb on that. Oh, right. Yeah. Th that one was um, a, a fairly new initiative that um, in the House of Lords in Westminster, um, Lord Andrew Stone has stood up and said that a lot more needs to be done to try and resolve the, the never ending conflict yeah. between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And he has um, instrumentally started to bring together both uh, members of the Israeli and the Palestinian community who want an end to the violence, who want to find a way forward and they want peace. And he's brought them together to the House of Lords um, with a small committee of people dedicated to finding a realistic and, and um, positive solution to the problem. And um, I feel quite privileged to be asked to join that committee a few weeks ago. So I shall be working on that committee. And... Um, the reason I'm so 
pleased to do that is not just because it's so important to try and resolve this very on long ongoing conflict but i think it also represents to me what the club of budapest should be doing mm-hmm. is 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 getting involved in these kind of initiatives and they are i mean different countries are getting involved in different initiatives um and uh, the chance that I've now been given to work on this committee is uh, is very exciting. I just hope I can just do my bit. And, you know, this is something that I constantly drive home to people, is um, we need to be spiritual beings, the human beings, not just humanoids. Um, and we need to bring spirit, soul, intellect, uh, divine knowledge into our every day because then we actually know how to deal with things. We know how to give peace a chance. And it isn't about spirituality being all about hippie um, and uh, abstaining from anything. I, I speak out a great deal against things that I disagree with um, because I'm always looking for that let's take accountability uh, of our own actions so that we become part of the solution and not part of the problem and we can we can address all of these issues in a, a fashion where we do bring in that um that soul intellect and that and that spiritual energy mm. yeah very very true and uh yes it's it's uh, very very uh, rewarding when you can do something that makes even a small bit of difference yes exactly and you're also speaking at the club of budapest you've got a relaunch in june yeah that's that, that's very exciting this is um the, the club Budapest, as I said earlier, has been going for 25 years. And uh, in June, we're holding a big event in the UK, bringing together the uh, leads or, or the managers from each of the 21 countries. Oh, and uh, Irvin is, is joining us there. And we're, we're meeting to discuss our plans and strategy for the future and the various projects that we'll be working on, both within our own countries, but also uh, in the global context. Well, you know, I'm very honoured to to have interviewed you, and uh, you're the 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 calibre of person, and what you're doing is what the station, you know, stands for, and uh, so it really is a privilege, and um, and I love what you're doing for the world because if we want to see change, we've got to all step up and and uh, and do something about it, and you know, just seeing how much you and Laszlo and, and uh, you know, your collaboratives are doing is just absolutely wonderful. And it becomes such an inspiration to other people when they think nothing is happening. It's like, let's spread the spotlight on the people that are actually doing something and stop putting the spotlight on people that are being destructive. Um, yeah. And if we feed the hope, we actually feed um, the solution because people can step out of fear and believe there is something that can be yes. done and so please keep that spotlight beaming uh, it's important now how do people get hold of you and um, uh, all your information there yes and th- thank you for those kind words and support Sarah it's very much appreciated it's been lovely talking to you um, yeah uh, you can get hold of me through the Laszlo Institute we've got a brand new website which is uh, com. That gives information about the Institute itself. And under the events tab, you'll see upcoming conferences. And if you'd like to come along to any of those conferences, then just get in touch. All the contact details are there. I'm always happy to hear from individuals on my own personal email address, which is uh, jstclr at gmail.com. Um, and that's probably the best email address to get in touch if, if something on this program has given you any thoughts or inspiration that you want to share. 
wonderful. Got a fo uh, Facebook called Earth Plus and uh, Joe St. Clair and of course the Laszlo Institute of the New Paragram Research. Everything is here on the um, poster folks and uh, please pass this show on. You know, I'm tired of people saying, well, what can I do? Well, you know, start speaking about it. Start sharing what can be done. Um, pass this show on to other people. You know, it might be even something as simple as a, a few of you coming together, choosing to change and empower each other's lives and never underestimate how impactful that is in putting out positive energy into the world. Never mind the ricochet effect that you have on the people around you. So it's do not leave it all up to people that you deem to be higher up. Um, it starts with you. You are the change. But be inspired by the people that are stepping up and doing things for you on your behalf. Closing words for us, Joe. Um, well, a couple of closing words. First one is um, with the Club of Budapest being a global community. If you'd like to become part of that community, then do get in touch. Um, but more important than that, uh, my, my, my message would be to explore your own spirituality spirituality um, follow your heart follow the journey think about the connectedness of all people think of compassion and think about what you personally can do to make even the smallest difference because even the smallest difference will make a positive difference and um, I, th I know that uh, just by listening to this show you're the sort of person that uh, would take these uh, this information to heart and do something so thank you Yes, most certainly. We believe in you listeners. We know you can and we're here for you. So um, pass the show on and you need to talk to us. We are here. It's all achievable when we change our perspective and choose to live more positively, right? Thank you so much, Joe, for being on the show. And thank you, folks, for listening. Um, the answer lies within us. And it's all around us. Let's choose to live in that positive manner by contributing back into the world. Okay, until next time, folks.